everyone. Good evening, good evening, and welcome back. Uh, it's Monday, Monday evening in London. <laughs> I'm here. Um, it's weird. It's weird because I haven't done an owner's stories in so long. Um, I feel nervous now. Normally, the other, normally sometimes owners come on and they feel nervous. I feel a bit nervous. I haven't done one in such a long time. Um, there would have been an episode before this. I'm recording this a little bit in advance, so they're a little bit out of whack, but. Um, there was an episode before this uh, where I would have chatted about uh, what has happened in the past couple of months and where Porsche Cooled is heading from now. So have a listen to that episode if you um, haven't listened to it already. But um, despite what uh, other podcast hosts are saying, I didn't have a meltdown. I'm here. Everything is okay. Uh, things just things just sometimes get in the way and things change. Um, but anyway, we're here and, and that's the main thing. And I have to say, I really, uh, you know, I really did miss um, owner stories. I really did miss uh, chatting to other owners around the world. Um, it's fun. I like learning about other Porsches, other 911s, uh, other cars, other Caymans, GT4s, Boxsters, Spiders, um, all those sort of things that I don't know much about, transaxles. Um, and you know, we had a really good run with owner stories. And today, I thought I would bring you a special one. And I think this is, this is, uh, is going to be owner stories number 72. You would have seen it in the title. And it's a good one. Um, Amanda's going to join me very, very shortly. And Amanda's coming in from the US. She's coming in from Colorado. Um, Amanda takes the most amazing photos of her current car. You know what I like, you know, I don't know whether it's bad luck or I just don't like mentioning it before the, uh, before the owner mentions it, but she takes great pictures of her current car and, you know, in great scenery and great background. I think you're going to really enjoy this. Amanda is really, I don't know how long she's, she's been into Porsches for. I don't think it's that long. She's fully immersed. She's enthusiastic, and I think it's going to be a really good owner's stories, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it for the first one back, the first one back after the uh, interlude, the break that I've had. So let me just um, get all my equipment in order here. Like I said, I'm a little bit rusty. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm a little bit rusty today. Uh, I've also got a sore throat, if you haven't noticed. I don't know whether it's coming through on the microphone, um, but i got a sore throat. Um, it's good to be back. Let me just check everything's working. Let me just check all my levels are okay, and let me get uh, Amanda from the US through Zoom, and let's start talking about her Porsche Cooled owner story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories. Like I said before, the first one back, uh, number 72, and I am joined now by Amanda. Amanda's coming in from the US, as I said, from Colorado. Amanda, good, uh, what is it there? Morning, good morning. How are you? Good afternoon. <laughs> is it afternoon there? Or evening? It's evening. Good evening. It- <laughs> It's evening here, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming on. I just want to tell the listeners that that I actually reached out to you before I took the break, took the podcast break. Um, so you were the first person I thought of to get onto the podcast when we when we return. Um, and as I just said to you, you're the first you're the first of the owner stories to to kick it back into action. So I'm um, I'm glad that you're they're on. And I think, as I said before, the listeners are going to have. Uh, I think they've got a good story ahead of them because you've got a lot of cars to talk about. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to get it all into the hour, but we'll try. So let's just start. Let's just get straight into it. Um, and let's just talk about that. You know, the question that I always like to start with is where it all began. Is Porsche, is Porsche something that you've, you've always been attracted to? Have you always noticed it? Uh, did someone own one when you were a kid? Or did it happen later in life? How did it sort of start for you and how did your... I guess it's, a, it's I guess your, how does your car journey start? Did it start thinking about Porsches or did it start somewhere else? So uh, my car journey started when I was four. 
Um, my dad bought a Mitsubishi Eclipse. So my story did not start with Porsche. Porsche actually came very, very late. Um, but I remember when I was a little girl just being obsessed with this car and I'd always go out into the garage and just stare at it. Or if it was open, I'd go and sit in it and pretend I was a race car driver. So for some reason, I've always loved cars and I'm the only one in my family, really. I don't know where I got it from. Really? <laughs> yeah. But um, so that started it. And then I didn't really know much about cars. Um, I'd say I really got inspired. This is going to be so embarrassing, but um I don't remember which Fast and Furious movie it was because there's like 20 of them now. But the one where they have two Dodge Chargers, um, like right after they brought the Chargers back, I think it was around 2008. uh, And they're like hauling the bank vault down the street. Right. (laughs) I thought that was the coolest thing. (laughs) So um, the Charger was like my favorite car, like my dream car. And um, so I'll start with that because I had my first few cars were very practical and not really exciting. Um, But the car that I always wanted um, especially like early adulthood was a charger. Okay. So, um, in 2013, we got a, um, it was a hundredth anniversary edition Dodge charger. Um, it was silver, which is funny because I was at work and we had looked at, I don't know, 50 cars and there, I just couldn't find one that I was crazy about. And I think my husband was tired of me. <laughs> so he's like, okay, he's like, I'm going to go to this dealership. I found this car. That's really cool. Uh, and I told him I was at work and I couldn't go with him. And I was like, well, if you, if you really like it, you think I'm going to love it, then just, you know what? I'm tired of looking. I'm tired of shopping. Just buy it. Surprise me. And so I had no idea what he was going to bring home. And, um, I get home and in the driveway is this beautiful, it was billet silver. Um, so silver Dodge charger, hundredth anniversary edition. And, um, and I just loved it. So I had that car for six years. Um, and, took it all over the country and uh just really liked it but it's like it's like a big boat you know it's not a sports car (laughs) it's a muscle car but like it's not graceful it's not it's like the sledgehammer versus the scalpel it's it's the sledgehammer (laughs) right (laughs) which is 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 that a manual was it a manual transmission no i don't even think it came in a manual didn't come okay just automatic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um so that was let's see that was i had that one for six years and then um Again, I didn't really branch out. I didn't really know anything about German cars or I knew about Japanese cars and American cars, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, And then I was trying to find my husband something fun for Christmas because he's the kind of guy where like he doesn't want anything. (laughs) And so I want to get him something fun that's like different and exciting. So um, we were in Austin at the time and Austin has the Circuit of the Americas and um they do, they were doing an Audi experience there, um, where you could drive different Audis. So you could autocross them, take them on like a little drift circle. And then they would take you, uh, in an R8 on the track with a driver. Um, and I thought that was really cool. So I got him that for Christmas and then I went with him because I wanted to see it. And, uh, we both ended up like really just loving the experience. And so that's what kind of got my foot in the door with the German cars was actually Audi. Um, that's that's dangerous with an R8 though. If you start to want one of those, I guess you oh, could buy yeah. you could buy a used one, but it's a bit dangerous. It's like a different level all again, isn't it? Uh, completely out of like my league in every single way. Um, but it was like hearing them. They the the first turn at Circuit of the Americas coming from like the pit lanes up. You go up this big long hill, and it's a really sharp first turn. And so hearing the cars just accelerate 
I mean, the R8 sounds so good. So I was like, I was hooked there. Um, so we ended up, we loved the experience so much that we ended up doing the BMW experience, which is also at Circuit of the Americas. Okay. And so we both did that one. And, um, so we got to drive pretty much every BMW M car. And, uh, the highlight for me, it was my first time ever on a track. It was my first time ever driving a German car, <laughs> but I got to take the M4 and M5 out on Circuit of the Americas, which is like a crazy experience. <laughs> that is a bit crazy. So what model, what model cars were they? What year were they M, the M cars? Let's see. These were, this was in, I believe 2018 or 2019. Okay. So they were the last gen. Um, so there was uh, the M2 competition we autocrossed. Nice. And it was like brand new, I think, at the time. Yeah, and then yeah. um, the M5 competition, the M4 competition. Wow, that'd be a great um, thing then, to do. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. It was crazy. Um, definitely made me fall in love with BMW. And then... Um, because that's we the also, F, that's sorry that's the F eighty M three competition isn't it? That's a really good one. The F eighty mm-hmm. series, I think, which is I think you're highly, right. Yeah, which people say is a great great uh, version of that car. Yeah, it was it was very like luxurious. It was kind of weird for me at first because the interior is so luxurious, and then I'm like hammering on this car <laughs> on the track. <laughs> but uh, and I was terrified to be honest with you. I had never like I said I'd never been on a track. I didn't know anything about track driving or BMWs really, and. It was very overwhelming taking that car to like 150 something on the back straight. <laughs> okay, let's go back a bit. So what instruction do they give you then when you do that? Does someone so, go out with you first and then you go out alone or you always have someone with you? They do it in like a um, like a lead follow format. So okay. they had, um, we all had walkie talkies in our car and then uh, the leader would show, we do like a, um, the walkthrough. So we would go really slow and take the first lap and they'd tell you, look for this cone, uh, hit this corner here, accelerate here, which is great. Like when you're doing it slow in the walkthrough, but when it's real life and you're like, Oh, I have to keep up with the car in front of me and not let the car behind me, you know, rear end me at 80 miles an hour. It's totally different. Uh, so it was (laughs) pretty overwhelming. Um, it felt like a workout, very intense. My heart was beating really fast, but, um, definitely made me fall in love with BMW and with tracking. So, so who um, was, was the better who was the better driver? Your husband or yourself? <laughs> he was at first. He was at first, but we're very competitive. No competition, right? <laughs> I was gonna say, like I want to lead into this competition thing because you've you know the two cars in the garage, you know, when you had the turbo, but um yeah, like no competition. <laughs> None at all, yeah. And he I mean he's he's one of those guys that's just like naturally good at things. And I'm I have to work re- that's not fair to say he works very hard, but I, I feel like I have to work a lot harder to be good at stuff. So, but he's very encouraging and he, um, encouraged me to, he really was the one that encouraged me to get into Porsche. So it was because of BMW, that track experience, we ended up moving to Colorado the next year and I needed a, an all wheel drive car cause it snows and ice is here and my charger would not in retrospect, it probably would have been fine, but I didn't trust myself. So I ended up getting a um, 2018 certified pre-owned uh, BMW X3 M40i. And so okay. it was the first year they made the, uh, the X3 M40s. Yeah, that's a great and, car. Great engine. Oh. Really well-reviewed, isn't it? I've, read, I've been reading, I've read a few tests on those, actually. It's really apparently a great car. Absolutely it, great car. It really is. I think um, there's something special about the 2018s because they didn't have the X3Ms yet. And so... 
It was a monster. <laughs> it was very loud, very aggressive. It sounds and really good. I, I, I saw one the other day in London. It, it sounds really good. Mm-hmm. They really do. And um, it was just a riot to drive. You know, BMW has a different feel than Porsche. And they're, yeah. they're like the, the German equivalent to like, they're, they're scalpel, but a little bit sledgehammer in there too. <laughs> so a little bit of a riot yeah. to drive. <laughs> I mean, I used to own Audis. I owned a couple of Audis, so I kind of it's it's kind of different, isn't it? And I think you might have said it in one of your videos, and I'll mention it to the listeners in a second. Your your YouTube channel, but once you get into Porsche, that's the problem. Once you get there, you know, it's really hard to look at BMs. Nothing wrong with BMs. Nothing wrong with Audis. But when you look at them now, it's just it's just something that's not there. You know what I mean? There's something missing. Even though they're great cars, even though they are great cars. Right. So you did right, the track days. Exactly. So you got the track experience. So you, now you've got the bug for the track. You, you buy the, the X3. How long do you keep the X3 for? Let's see. So I think I had that just over a year. So my husband drove a Jeep Grand Cherokee, and which is really funny looking back on all this stuff. We used to be so <laughs> just <Yeah>. chill. <laughs> because, this is not that long ago. I was going to say, it's, it's two years ago. And you just said, you just said, we moved to Colorado. We needed a four-wheel drive. We needed four-wheel drive. And then you change your garage completely to the complete opposite. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. okay, you got the X3, mm-hmm. something happens, you're at home with your husband and you decide, mm-hmm. okay, we're going we're gonna to buy a Porsche. How does that come about and, and what do you start searching for? So how that comes about is um, my husband ended up very shortly after I got the X3, he ended up getting the uh, a BMW M340i. So it was the performance in performance okay. version of the the uh, 3 series. And so we both had in performance cars that were pretty new and so we took those out to the track and uh we tracked both of them. So yes, I tracked my SUV and it was awesome. Was it? Um, yeah. How was the handling? It you know honestly um now being in a little 911 I can't I think that would freak me out and terrify me but I was so used to driving it um we actually got better lap times in the X3 M40 than we did the 3 series oh right which is crazy but that just I think the 2018 is just a really special because I've driven like the 2019 20, I've driven them every year since and they just feel different but to me how's this how's how's the stability on the track Amanda how's it how's it feel when you're going around the corners in the X3 is it feel planted it does. You feel you feel like you have a higher center of gravity than in the car, obviously, but it, it feels like it can handle it, and it does. Okay. So, shockingly fun. <laughs> um, but it was out at the track. So, we took our cars out there several times, and it was out at the track that they had two groups. They had a fast group and a slow group, and I was definitely in the slow group. <laughs> and so, the fast group <laughs> was full of Porsches. Really, like Porsches are like M4 CSs, um, really like German performance cars pretty much dominated uh, the fast group. And um, just <laughs> so hearing... Did anyone, sorry, did anyone say yeah. to you, you know, how come you've taken the SUV on the track? Did anyone actually, you know, did yeah. anyone actually... Make, I'm sure there are people making comments. I'm sure some of the people in the Porsches will be making comments. Oh, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they're like, what is this girl doing? Yeah. She's crazy. She's crazy, and, yeah. You know, I kind of was, so... But it was really... And I think once they saw the lap times, like... Um, and a lot of this is driver dependent. So at this point I had gotten a couple sessions of training, uh, on the track. And so like, I knew 
how to track a little bit better than someone who you can have a nicer car or, you know, a car that's meant for the track, but if you don't know how to drive it, it doesn't matter. So I was passing people that should have beaten me. And so I think people were very entertained by that because they're like, there's this SUV out there just kind of crushing it um, (laughs) (laughs) in the slow group though. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, okay. So the track's happening, the track works happening Mm -hmm. and then, so is that when it happens? You're at the track and you start noticing Porsches, you start noticing, you know, 911s, Caymans, GT4s, GT3s, and then you think, hey, what if? That's exactly when the I got bit by the Porsche bug at the track. And um, there were, you know, GT4s, GT3s, GT3 RSs. Um, but what really caught my attention was it was a white GT4 club sport driven by a woman. Okay. So we were the only two girls out there at the track. And I just remember thinking like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and it sounds amazing. And like just watching them, watching their drive, driving lines and like seeing how capable the cars were on the track. I was like, I have to know more. So we, we talked about Porsche a lot. And um, this is really when COVID started becoming like a big thing. Okay. Uh, this was February, March of 2020. Yep. And so um, my job... Uh, I'm an ICU nurse. And so I was seeing a lot of like crazy stuff around this time. And it definitely, you know, with the shutdown and everyone being quarantined and, uh, and then my job, it was kind of felt like a, I was more inclined to take risk, I think on a purchase than I normally would. And, um, so we decided that we didn't want to get rid of our daily drivers because they were what we thought we needed at the time, but we really wanted to see if we could get into a Porsche. And so we went to the Porsche dealership, had a great experience. And, um, that's when I, we first drove a Porsche ever. And, um, my husband had to drive because I didn't know how to drive a manual. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You didn't, so you didn't know how to drive a manual before you got the 911. No, I, okay, I actually learned on my current that's car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you so, drive? What did you take out the, when you went to your, the Porsche dealership? So we drove a 2002 Carrera 4 Cabriolet manual, um, Arctic silver with Metropole blue uh, cab top and then interior. So nice. blue and silver. And I just remember thinking like it was such a beautiful car and it was in really good condition. And then the first drive just like captured my heart. It sounded so good and it just felt so unlike anything else I'd ever been in or driven. So, um, we ended up buying that car, even though I couldn't drive it yet. (laughs) And, uh, my husband, bless him, uh, taught me how to drive it. (laughs) And (laughs) so let's go back to the dealer. This is your first experience. This is a Porsche dealer, right? Porsche dealer Uh in Colorado, is it? Mm -hmm. Yep. So you're there. It's pretty pretty special time, you know what I mean? Like you're not oh, just yeah. buying a private sale, you're in the Porsche dealer buying your first 911. So was this car, did it have a warranty? Did it have um, a lot of miles? Tell the listeners exactly um, what you found. You said it was a, 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 it's a, it's a sorry, C4 cab mm-hmm. manual. Um, what other options yep. did it come with, Amanda? So it, uh, it was... It had the Bose sound system, which was important to me. I like to listen to my music. Of course, I wasn't planning on listening to it that much at the time because the, I just wanted to hear the engine because it sounded so good. Yeah. Um, but uh, it had like power seats, all, pretty much kind of basic, um, just with the sound system and then the manual. Um, but that's kind of what we were looking for because this was going to be like our weekend car, which, again, we never thought we would have. Um 
and uh, and was the was the Carrera four appealing to you because of the fact that you are in snow and you you know you need four wheel drive and stuff like that? That was appealing. Definitely, I, I didn't plan. I didn't like think about driving it in the snow, um, but especially in Colorado, it's hard to find um, two wheel drive versions of those cars, especially at that age. Right. Anyway, so and I didn't really care. I was like, well, it's all wheel drive can they have their advantages even if you're driving it spiritedly. So. So how many um, miles did it have on it? Oh, sorry. It had um, 70,000 when I bought it. Okay. So not very, not, not that much. 100,000 kilometers for everyone in Europe um, or 110,000 kilometers. Not that much for a 02. So a 996.2, right? 996.2. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you do though? Because you know, if you listen to previous owner stories, which I know you have, you know, I'm a big fan of getting inspections done, on inspections done before you purchase. If it's at a Porsche dealer, a lot of people sometimes skip it because they trust the dealer or they know the dealer. Did you feel like you needed to do any any pre-purchase inspections on the car or you were pretty much trusting the dealer on this one? So we didn't um, because we did trust the dealer. And the reason we trusted the dealer is because we had actually found some like a, some Boxsters and some other cars that we thought we would be interested in that were cheaper than the 911. Um, and we had them look at them. Uh, and so they were doing the inspections and they found all sorts of things. Okay. So I trusted their thoroughness and then their honesty because they would tell us like, well, we really don't, with these cars that we were looking at that we didn't buy, they were like, well, we don't think you need to replace this, but this is something that's definitely a problem and would probably need to be fixed. So they were very honest and fair. So I trusted their um, their inspection. Right, right. So you decide to buy the car. You decide to buy the car on the day. You're literally going to the dealer uh, on the day and your husband and I you just decide that's it. We're taking it today or you, you come back after a week and have a think about it. How does it all work? We did. We did actually come back. Um, so we did it. Let's see. I believe it was within a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, we had to really think about it because it was going to be a, a very unnecessary thing. You know, the other two cars we needed, this one we didn't. This was going to be for fun. So we really had to weigh cost versus benefit. So the other two cars are still in your garage. Mm-hmm. All right. So you you pick it up. You go to the dealer. You can't drive stick. You can't drive manual. <laughs> so I'm guessing you don't drive at home. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how long does it take you to get used to your 996? How long does it take you to get used to the manual and, and, and getting used to driving it and, and getting used to driving a, a stick instead of a manual? Instead of an auto, sorry. I'm going to be honest with you. The first month I was all about it and I was really, uh, I wanted to learn every free day that I had. And then I had a meltdown on oh, a really? hill. <laughs> yeah. On a hill. That's, that's yeah. always a place to have a meltdown. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. And so then I didn't want to drive it for like a month because I was just like, I can't do this, you know, and I was really doubting myself. Um, so there was a whole month. So that was April. I, I I was good and practicing. And then for about a month, which I was busy anyway, I didn't drive the car. And then in May, it was, the weather was getting really beautiful. And I was like, I, I have to face my fear here. And I have to, I love this car. I have to figure out how to drive it. And so, um, it was really May that I finally got kind of used to driving it. And so I would drive it every free time I had. So like when I got off work, I would drive it. Um, I would drive it on the weekends. And then it was about, July that I decided that I loved it so much. Um, it was just so rewarding to me to drive, um, that I sold my BMW. 
Okay. So I, I sold my, uh, my daily that, you know, had all this space and was all wheel drive and was easy to drive for this car that's 20 years old and, um, doesn't have a whole, I can't fit. Well, I could fit dogs in the back, but I probably shouldn't. Yeah. And, um, I really put my driving skills to the test. Um, cause now I didn't have an option. This was my car. <laughs> Did you find though, there's that, I mean, going back to when I remember when I got my license and I learned on a manual, it's almost like there's that tipping point where you're learning to drive on a manual and you're thinking about the gears and you're looking down at the gears. And then all of a sudden one day you're in a flow and you're driving and you're not looking down anymore. You're not thinking about it. And it kind of just, it just happens, doesn't it? It just sort of, you just feel like, oh, okay, now I actually know how to do it. I don't have to look down. I don't have to think. It just sort of comes natural. Exactly. Yeah. And I think hitting that point was really important for me because then I'm like, well, I don't want to drive an automatic again because yeah. I loved it. So. Yeah. And I remember it, and I'm going to tell the listeners actually now before we go to in, any further, um, have a look at Amanda's um, Instagram, arctic.metro, A-R-C-T-I-C dot metro. Uh, fantastic photos. I'm very envious of um, Amanda's imagery. Um, oh, thank you. Very, very envious. It's the same as... Uh, uh, it's the same as um, Ben from the UK with his spider. I mean, it's a competition between who does the best photos in the snow, I tell you, or in, in the landscape. <laughs> They're just great photos. So you should have a look at um, Amanda's Instagram. Give her a follow. Um, and also YouTube as well. You're still doing the YouTube thing? You sort of stopped for a bit, haven't you? I know. I kind of get busy. It falls definitely secondary to the Instagram and the actual life and driving. So, um, yeah, I haven't done it in a few months, but I still do it. I'll still do it. Yeah, so everyone should go and have a look at uh, Amanda's Instagram. Make sure you subscribe um, and have a look at a few videos. And I think if, you, if you're there and you're listening to this and after you've listened to this episode, you should, you should watch three. I wrote this down the other day because I was – I watched a couple and I, had, I watched a couple more. But I think you should definitely watch Why I Love Porsche, Why I Love My Cars and Selling the 997 Turbo. I think you should – those three, to me, um, you get a really – and after listening to the podcast, after listeners listen to this podcast, you get a really good idea of um, – how passionate you are. You know what I mean? How passionate you are about cars and, and now Porsche. So I think that's a, that's a good thing for the listeners to um, watch. Hey, so what did you do? You've got the cab, you got the Carrera, you got the Cabriolet, um, you got the top down in Colorado. <laughs> do you add anything to the car? Was there anything that needed to be done? Did you have to fix anything up or did you like to, did you have to add something that would just make it a little bit better for you? I did. Um, so I knew if I was going to daily it, I like to listen to my music a lot and really loud. So I wanted something more modern. Um, I love the classic feel of the 996. Um, I love the interior that it's this weird blue. When I first saw it, I thought it was so bizarre. Um, but it's really grown on me and it's very special to me now. Um, and I love how it takes me back to one of my favorite times in life. Like the early 2000s were just really great. And, um, but one thing that was missing was the infotainment. It's okay. just, it's hard to go from Apple CarPlay and a BMW to, to 20 year old, <laughs> you know, yeah. I hope my radio works. Yeah. So, um, so I ended up getting the PCCM plus the Porsche classic communication management. Um, and that, so it's Apple CarPlay and it completely changes the interior of the car because it it's by Porsche. Um, hmm. and so it, it fits really well into like the aesthetic of the, the classic car, but everything is brand new. You know, I can have access to maps or music and all sorts of stuff. So I really like it. Yeah, I really like it. I think, you know, I think it's a great thing that Porsche's brought that. I want them to bring one out for the 997. I'm waiting for the one for the 997, yeah. you know, for my Carrera. 
Um, and they've done a great job. I mean, I know people complain. I've had other people in owner's story saying, oh, it's too expensive. We don't want to do it. It costs too much. But I don't know. I think, it, I think it's worth it. I really do. And I know you've got a video about that on your channel as well. But I really do think it's, um, I think it's a worthwhile thing, especially if you want and it doesn't take away from the heritage of your car, does it? It doesn't take away from the classic nature of that interior because it works in so well. Porsche have done a really good job with it. Exactly. And I have to say, you know, the Metropole, Metropole Blue is a really weird color. It reminds me of a 993 interior. I actually like it. It, it looks more air-cooled, more classic. You know, it's got that kind of, it's got that sort of ret more retro look about it. Um, I like it. I like it with the, the silver. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good combination. Thank so what you. else? You I like the, it too. <laughs> the PCCM Plus, anything else? We always like to talk about the sound. You said the sound of your 911 is fantastic, the 996. Has it got any exhaust mods or is it just standard? It is completely stock. It is not the sport exhaust. It is just the basic uh, exhaust. And to me, so I've driven several 996 uh, coupes since then, yep. but... To me, um, especially when I put the top down, I can really hear the exhaust. It's still one of my favorite exhaust sounds ever. You know, even even against like some of like the Spider or the Turbo, um, I would still probably take my 996. I think it sounds so really? good. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll get into that when we talk about the Spider. <laughs> um, but I think that's what's nice about the Cabriolet. When you've got the top down, you do hear more of the sound, don't you? You do hear the, the, the exhaust more. You do hear everything a lot more. In fact, people, I think some other owners have said they've done an exhaust mod on their cab and then they've found it so loud because when the top's down, it's so much louder than being in the coupe, for example. You know what I mean? So maybe the standard exhaust on a on stock exhaust on a cab is actually a better way to go than, than have this sort of you know overbearing, loud sort of exhaust all the time. Okay, so you've got the Carrera 4S. What is the feeling? Tell me about the feeling. Everyone can hear me today. I'm very rusty today. I apologize. It's the first one back. I'm a bit rusty. The feeling, the driving feeling. I always talk about when I first picked up my 997 Carrera, point one, and I was driving in the city, but then I eventually went on a on mountain road, on a twisty road, and you just feel what you're driving. You know, you feel the balance of the car. You feel the, the movement of the car. What was that feeling like? Because you've been on the track in BMWs. How was the feeling when you went on one of those great roads in Colorado and started feeling what you actually had? This is where this car won me over is the fact that it is a 20 year old car. Um, and, it, but more than that, it's a Porsche. And so you just get a very connected driving experience, very raw. And I've had people say, well, it's a, it's a, it's all wheel drive and it's a, a cabriolet. So it's heavy. It's not as good as whatever, but yeah. I and sure that might be true, but that doesn't take away from the experience that I feel when I drive this car. I just feel so connected to the road, so connected to the car. I feel with my hands and the steering wheel, I can feel what the road is doing. And it just shuts out everything else, you know, like you it's just you, the car, and the road. And it's a very special experience that is hard to replicate. Yeah, true, true. And you know, the experience that you have in the 996, I think, is really interesting. And I want to get onto the 997, actually, because then we'll come back to that that comparison. And, you know, the video that you did, um, I think it was when you were selling the 997, you are talking about the driving experience between the 996 and the 997. And I think that's an interesting thing to chat about and tell the listeners about on this podcast. So let's talk about the next one, 
Because then, you know, you haven't only got one 9-11. <laughs> I think it's a very short period of time, right? It doesn't, it's not that long after. It's, and it's about t- six I months. know the story because I've, I've watched the video, <laughs> but tell the listeners how the second Porsche came about. Oh my goodness. Um, so my husband loved the 996 and he saw how much I, how much joy I just got from daily driving it, that he really wanted a 911 also. So, because now again, as we mentioned, you know, when you drive a Porsche and you go back to anything else, it's not good enough. So, um, so my husband went to, and again, I was at work, all these decisions happen when I'm at work. (laughs) (laughs) He goes to Porsche and, um, and I told him, I'm like, get something that makes you happy, you know, be smart about it. But like, if something really sticks out to you, sell the BMW and get whatever again, surprise me. (laughs) And so, um, so he did. And I get this text like kind of at the end of my shift. And all it is, is the, all I can see is the Porsche crest on a steering wheel. And he (laughs) says, so I bought a car. (laughs) I'm like, Oh God. (laughs) So, uh, I come home that day and I open the garage and, um, sitting in the car, you know, it's dark outside, but I can see the silhouette, the unmistakable silhouette of a 997 turbo. And so I'm pretty sure I was on the phone with him when we were talking and I'm pretty sure I started screaming and like <laughs> made him I deaf mean, for a second. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, honestly, you go to a Porsche dealer and you come back with a 997 turbo. I mean, that's just fantastic. And, and you just say, just, just buy yourself something. I mean, mm-hmm. that's of all the cars to choose, you know, I think your husband's picked in my mind, one of the best ones, you know what I mean? One of the best ones Definitely. you could. And it's a manual, right? It's a, it's a six mm-hmm. speed as well. Yep, it's manual. Yeah, so that one is, uh, it's a 2007 turbo manual. Um, so still with the Metzger engine. And then um, that one was like really f- almost fully loaded. So um, the only thing I think it didn't have was heated seats and uh, carbon ceramics. Otherwise, it had everything. So um, had carbon fiber on the interior. That was beautiful. Um, it was a little bit cracked in some places as they're known okay. to do but yeah. um they the carbon fiber yellows after a while and yes. so it's like it's black but there's kind of almost a gold tint to it and it's yeah. gorgeous in a black on black car so your husband goes into the porsche dealer he buys this 997 turbo he buys it on the day <laughs> so you don't do any inspections on this either you trust the dealer you mm-hmm. take the car out everything's everything's up all the services are up to date everything is okay Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the turbo was, um, pretty, it was in very good shape. Um, I think because beforehand they were really close with the, the dealership. So like on our weekends, if we have, a, we'll just go and like look at cars and talk to them. So, um, they, we, we have friends there and I feel like they might share more with us than they usually would just because we're friends now, but, um, at least some, with some people. And so they did, I think they showed us the service, uh, that they did. And it was like $9,000 worth of service before we bought the car. Okay. So that they put the dealership put in before we bought the car. I know they replaced the windshield and I forgot some of the other things they did, but, um, so it was in really good shape. Um, and didn't, I honestly, we didn't have any issues with it. Um, except for, so we, we own that one for, Sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But. So you bought that what year? You bought that in 2020 or 2021? That was in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. October of 2020. I'm trying to think. So turbo prices then were on the rise, but they weren't that much. But the turbo is not a cheap car. And if you find one in manual and you find one in black, because black mm-hmm. is quite a popular color in the turbo for obvious reasons, <laughs> um, 
it's it's a pretty special find, you know what I mean? So I, I can see when your husband probably saw that at the dealer or knew it was the dealer, you really do have to jump on it because even then it would have gone quite quickly, right? It would have sold quite quickly, oh. I'm sure. There was actually um there was actually another person there to look at it at the same time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's uh especially that car at that time um was very popular. Okay, so you've got Two 911s in your garage. <laughs> Everything's changed. There's no more yeah. BMWs. No There's practical no more cars. SUVs. There's no practical cars. You've got dogs. You said you've got dogs. Yeah. You live in Colorado. Um, you bought the SUVs because you wanted a four-wheel drive, but you've got a four-wheel, you know, you've got the Carrera 4, so that's, you know, almost there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how is it now having two cars, two Porsches in the garage? Which one? So is your car the Cabriolet or do you share mm-hmm. both the cars? How does that work with, the, with your husband and yourself? We, we take turns. If one of us wants to drive one of them, we just swap for the day. But really, like, the 996 was mine and the 997 was his. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we put winter tires on both of them. And um, so we got it in October, and it started snowing in October in Colorado. Right. So we were daily driving both of them in the snow. And oh, really? To the mountains. Mm-hmm. We put... Um, a uh, ski rack. Well, it's one that you can take off and put on. So we could put it on either car because my cabriolet has a hard top. But how was the, oh, you've got the hard top as well. That came with your car. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. a good option. That's an expensive option when it was new. That was, it wasn't, it wasn't an option a lot of people took up, I don't think, was it? But it was quite an expensive option. It was. And I've learned um, that if you didn't option the car with it, um, there's like some little holes on the uh, the front of the windshield that the, the oh, really? hard top fits into. And oh, if you okay. didn't option the original car with that, you don't have those holes. So you can't go back and get a hard oh, top. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. That's cool. It's cool yeah. you've got it, especially yeah. where you're living. So you've got, hang on, the turbo. I want to go back to the turbo. So you're driving it in the snow. The turbo's got a lot of power. It's a Metzger engine. It's got a lot of power. I mean, I understand your Carrera 4 in the snow is probably more easier to handle. How was the turbo for your husband or how was it when you drove it in the snow? Was it, was it too much? Honestly, it wasn't. The thing about the turbo is, and this kind of might sound funny, but it's so easy to drive. It's actually easier to drive than the 996 to me because everything is so smooth. So the 996 has a really tall uh, gear shifter, um, whereas the 997 has the, the short, shorter shifter. And um, the clutch is a lot lighter, so it's a lot easier to balance your throttle and your clutch and then shift gears. Okay. Um, so it's to me, it's easier to control the power. Um, even though it is turbocharged, you don't feel the turbo power until right. really, I would say, like after 3,000 RPM. So, so um, the clutch is lighter in the 997 than the 996? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Definitely. At least in the turbo, it was. My, my 996's clutch is... Pretty heavy, I think. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, my friend Marco's got a 996 Turbo. He's got a speed yellow one. And I had the pleasure of going in it for the first time when I was back in Sydney uh, at Christmas in January. And he sort of, you know, floored it for a second there. And the amount of power in that car, you know what I mean? My other friend has, you know, Steve, who was the host of the podcast with me, he had a, he's got a 997 GT3. And honestly, the Turbo just feels so much faster. It really does just feel so much faster. But then it's... The usable power thing, isn't it? It's like the 992 turbo that people say, you know, like, you know, can you use all that power? Is it, is the experience still there? Tell the listeners how the reason why you decided that it was time to sell the 997 and how you compare that to the driving experience with the 996. 
So I know, I know a lot of people thought I was crazy. We were crazy for wanting to sell the 97 turbo, because as you mentioned, it is like, it's one of those cars that someday is going to be just the car that everybody wants, you know? Um, and so it's value is going to shoot up. And um, Amanda, Amanda in Australia, they're, th- they're almost hitting 300,000 Australian dollars, which is 200, oh two, about 280,000 Australian, which is 200,000 us. And yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. I already know like how much they're selling. They sold the turbo for, you know, and it's, it's going to get crazier, I think, honestly, but, yeah, sure. and it, it, it deserves all that attention in that respect. It is an amazing car. Um, and I don't want to make it sound like it isn't, it, it is, it's the perfect car. And I think that was my problem with it is, okay. um, one, it, the driving experience isn't quite as connected. So because it's a turbo, it's very luxurious and smooth. Um, and I kind of like my cars to feel more raw and just connected, um, to the road. And so you do feel that you do feel that connection to the car and a little less so to the road in the 997 turbo, but, um, it wasn't, to me, it didn't feel as authentic as the 996 did. Okay. Um, and then the usable power thing really got to me because knowing that the turbo had, you know, 480 horsepower and I think, uh, for, for something, um, 400 and something foot pounds of torque, where my 996 has 300, um, the, this turbo had the overboost function. So the right. sport chrono and you, when you press that button, it was kind of hard to get it to work, but it's 500 foot pounds of torque in a light car. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's in an all wheel drive light car. So it would literally, it was like a rocket. It was scary <laughs> watching yeah, yeah. it, but it was really fun. Um, but to me to really get all that turbo power, you can't do it legally on American roads. So, right. um, I have pushed the car and I have, and it was on one of my really, I like to go on really long drives, um, kind of out in the middle of nowhere where I can't, you know, hopefully don't get a ticket. Um, and so I have pushed the turbo, um, closer to its limits, but I would still say I was only like, I was probably maybe 50% of what this car could do. Um, and, uh, well, I think that was just, I found that frustrating is because I know it had so much more to give and I couldn't, I couldn't get to it. So that was enough for you and your husband to say, okay, that's, that's it. The turbo is going to go. Yeah. And it, I think if we didn't have, um, the allocation for the spider, so if we didn't have that next car, we would have kept it. Um, okay. because it is a great car. All right. But so the spider, the spider, so you, so the spider, com- the spider, you, you, you will get into this. You order a spider. So you had the allocation for the spider before you sold the turbo. Yes. So we got that in, um, I believe July of last year, July of 2021 is when we got the allocation. We got on the list April of 2021 and then we got the allocation in July. Okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty fast. Mm -hmm. So were you intending at the time when you got the allocation for the spider to sell the turbo or you were thinking maybe we could have three? We knew we would have to sell one of them. Um, and I'm honestly, I thought it was going to be the 996, um, because, the turbo is easier to daily. It's the value of it. Despite us, str- I put 10,000 miles on that car in wow. a year. Um, and everyone thought I was crazy for driving it so much, but honestly, like what we sold it for is a lot more than what we paid for it. And the amount of joy that I got from driving it just, it was worth it. But that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like you, that's a lot of miles. Mm-hmm. You enjoyed it. You now know the different, you know, you know, you now know what you, prefer in, in, a, in a Porsche in a, in a 911 even 
You know what I mean? And we always harp on about this, you know, the base career is the best one. You know, the base career is all you need, uh, whether it be a 991 or a 992 or 997, 996. It's because you have to push it to get more out of it. You know what I mean? You don't always want that 992 turbo or 996 turbo or 997 turbo power. You just want the experience. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, And I've always spoke about that with my car, Amanda. You know, like it's, it feels fast enough. Of course, when I'm exactly. following a, a 997 GT3 and a 996 <laughs> Turbo, it doesn't always feel fast <laughs> enough. But in general, it feels fast enough. Um, and what I think is great is that you've gone from, you know, you've got the career for, you kept that because you love that car. And anyone that watches your videos will see that and you can hear it in your story today. The Turbo you decided, sensible because it has gone up in value. You know, you can use that value that you've gained. You've already had the experience. You use that value to get into something which I think is really special. Like, I'm a really big fan of the Spider. Like, especially the 718 Spider. I think it's just a perfect car. And I want to get into that now. So let's talk about the allocation. You get the allocation. How do you option something like that? It's your first new Porsche. How do you work out what to do? Because I've been on the configurator for the Spider. you know? Oh there's goodness, that red yeah. and black, there's <laughs> the Bordeaux and black interior. Do you get that? Do you get the lightweight buckets? What color do you get on the outside? Um, tell the listeners how you went through that process. So I'll start off with saying that um, the way we fell in love with the Spider and we knew that we wanted one was um, we drove a 981 Spider. Um, it was white with black wheels and then um the black and red interior with buckets and it was beautiful and we loved it and it the 981 has a very special sound um i actually it's probably again one of my favorite exhaust sounds um it sounds different than the 718 and um we really loved that car but this was i think this was shortly after we'd bought the turbo and we're like well we're not going to get this because we just bought the turbo and um uh, at that time it was still like to us, it was expensive and which is funny cause now the market's just ridiculous. But, um, yeah. so the reason why we ended up going with a new car, um, instead of buying a, we wanted, we would have wanted a certified pre-owned one probably. Um, because when you have cars without warranties, um, even though our cars have been pretty good to us, it, there's just comfort in knowing that you have a warranty, yeah. um, which so we were looking at either CPO or new and um, the certified pre-owns by the time we were looking at actually buying one, they cost as much or more as a new one. And so the yes. dealership that we, um, Porsche Colorado is our dealership. Um, they don't, they don't mark up their cars. So we could actually get a brand new spider that we designed and built for cheaper than we could buy a used one or a new one. Um, and that just made, you know, financial sense. And then it was exciting because, okay, if we secure this allocation, we can pick whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that's what we ended up doing. Um, got the allocation, which we're very grateful for and honestly shocked about, but, um, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. We, we knew that we wanted, we knew the interior. So we knew that we, cause we spent like hours just sending each other <laughs> things that we had built. It's ridiculous. But, um, we knew that we wanted the, uh, the red stitching and yep. then, um, the black. So with the spider, um, whenever you build a spider, it, the inserts on the side, like the door and then, um, the, where the coffee or not coffee the uh, cup holders are yes, yes, that's the trim, the, yeah. the trim there we go <laughs> that's the body color of the car and I don't actually I didn't I know I didn't want that I wanted the interior to be very simple so like black and red pretty much 
Um, and then I just really liked the red seat belts. And I wanted, I think I wanted the red. Let me go back. It all starts from the discussion of do you want PCCBs or do you want steel brakes? Yes. And um, the Spider is a GT car, very capable of tracking. Um, we had a long discussion on do we want a GT4 or Spider? That's a whole nother thing. But right. we said we want the Spider because it's capable of tracking. It's very good on the track. But we live in Colorado. It's beautiful. We want the top down experience of the GT mm. car, which is so unique and special. Um, so we were talking about it and we're like, do we really need ceramics on a car that we are going to track, but not all the time. Yeah. And, um, it just didn't make sense at the time, um, to, to spend that kind of money. Cause it's a very expensive option worth it, but expensive. So we went with the steel brakes. So that started the color theme there. <laughs> and then, okay. so the red stitching, uh, red seatbelts, um, you- the tr- can't, sorry to interrupt you. Can you yeah. get the steel brakes in black? Is so that option on you, the Spider? You can. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can get them in black if you would like. Um, and a lot of people have optioned the Spider with black brakes, especially in the color that we ended up picking. Um, red is actually an unusual color combination with the color we ended up picking. We were between... Um, oh, so black trim, sorry. Yes. So pretty much just red and black on the inside. And, um, then on the outside, we knew we wanted the black wheels cause that just looks so good. Um, and we were probably, we were thinking probably a lighter color. So either between GT silver, which I love GT silver. Yeah. It looks amazing. great in the spider, the GT silver. It really does. Um, Ben spider is beautiful. Yes. Um, but ben. yeah, <laughs> I've been, um, but, uh, and so the black would look really good with Gigi Silver. But I also really liked that Carrera white spider that we drove. So that that car was actually of heavy inspiration for our car. And um, so we were gonna, we were kind of debating between GT Silver or White. And we were actually leaning towards GT Silver when the 992 GT3 got announced and Shark Blue was announced. And then we found out that Shark Blue was available on the spider. And like literally that day, we were like, oh. <laughs> that's such a cool color let's do that so we ended up going shark blue um with the red stitching uh, red seat belts and the red brake calipers i've only seen one other car actually even the interior is different so i've actually only seen one other car that has the shark blue with the red brake calipers so you um, have the satin black wheels or the gloss black Comes in They're satin uh, black. Mm-hmm. Satin black, nice. And how did you get rid of that? Because I, I agree with you, that color coding trim that they put inside the spider when you're on the configurator is not very nice. I don't like that either. How did you get rid of that? You have to option carbon or? Mm-hmm. Well, so again, with the carbon, we're like, well, we've had a, a Porsche with the carbon fiber and it is beautiful. It really, really is. But do we need that? No, because we're already, oh, buckets. We option buckets. Okay. Um, because we really love the buckets are hard to get in and out of. Absolutely. Um, there's no graceful way to do that. Yeah. But, um, once you're in them, they're really comfortable actually. Um, and I've driven them for, we're actually going to go on like a 10 day, 3000 mile road trip in the spider this summer. So then I can really give you an idea of whether they're comfortable or not, but I've driven it, um, for about a eight hour day and I felt great in them. Um, really liked the buckets. So, um, Felt that we didn't need to option the carbon fiber. It would have looked amazing, but we ended up going, I want a black though. So we ended up getting uh, the black brushed aluminum okay. for the trim. Which is a good cost, right? It's a, it's a bit cheaper and it, mm-hmm. it's, it still oh, yeah. looks really good. I think you've done mm-hmm. the, I think you did a really good spec. I want to come back to the color. Um, but I think you've done a really good spec because I think I would do the same. I don't think, and I think a lot of listeners would too. I don't think you'd spec the ceramic brakes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're doing track work, you want steelies anyway, right? You want steel brakes yeah. because you're going to be replacing them a lot. Exactly. And then if you're going to spend the money on something that's expensive, you would get the lightweight buckets because the GT, you know, the Spider with the GT buckets is just, with the lightweight buckets, just perfect. It is. It's perfect. Shark Blue. Shark Blue. <laughs> and I, I haven't heard this before. I said it on the podcast before and I may not have uh, corrected myself afterwards because I might have stopped the podcast. I can't remember. I've never been a fan of it. I didn't get it when the GT3 came out, which I'm quite surprised you loved it straight away. And I, I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, I don't know, it's just it just doesn't look right. It's not Mexico, it's not Riviera, it's like this weird blue. Then when I was in Sydney over Christmas, when I was in Australia, in Australia I went to the Duck and Whale magazine, um, Cars and Coffee in Sydney, and there was a brand new GT3 there in shark blue. I changed my mind. It's, it's a really, really, it's one of those Porsche colors that just, you just cannot, I still think, I mean, your photos are amazing. Your photos of your spider, it looks amazing, right? And maybe because now I have seen the color in real, in real life um, and the backdrop on your photos makes it always look really, really good too. But after seeing shark blue in the flesh in the GT3, it's such a nice color. You know what I mean? It surprised me. It's such a nice color. And I wasn't a fan at all before. My friend Marco, he was a fan and then he saw it in real life and he didn't like it. So yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's all about. But it's a good choice, that's for sure. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I will be honest, when you're thinking of GT Silver or Carrera White and then you get a bright blue, I mean, this is a in-your-face, very yeah. bold blue. Um, sometimes it overwhelms me a little bit, like when I open the garage and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's a really blue car. Yeah. But I don't regret it. Um, I'm still really happy with it, especially in Colorado. It just it just fits so nicely here. But Amanda, and you got the black because of the black wheels. If you would have got the Bordeaux roof, maybe not. You know what I mean? If you would have spec oh, the yeah. red roof, maybe not. But with the black roof and, and everything like that. And I love how all the photos, you've always got the roof down. It seems like you're always driving <laughs> with the roof down, no matter what the weather. I tried to, you know, I actually have been peer pressured uh, by Ben mostly, um, but other spider owners who... Every weather is spider weather, unless it's like raining buckets, then you, then you can put the roof up. But otherwise, like it's, it's pretty much, you'll be disowned if you, <laughs> if you yeah. have the roof up. I'll just but, say it um, again, just to the listeners though, if they don't know who we're talking about, Ben, Ben is Pig's Porsche, Pig's Porsche, right? Pig's Porsche. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben was on owner stories way back number 30 something. I forget which number, 36 or 35, 37 maybe. Um, Ben's from Sheffield and him. Uh, ben and Amanda, they have this competition with photographs of their, their spider. Ben's got a 981. 981, right? He's got a 981, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ben's got a 981, but both great photos. So you should check out Ben's uh, Instagram as well. Um, so tell us about, tell the listeners about, and, you know, not many of us get to experience a new Porsche, the chosen few, especially models like the Spider or the GT3 or the GT3 Touring. What's it like? What's it like to drive? What is that engine like? Is it, is it, does it feel like a GT car? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, I've, we've done the Porsche experience centers in, um, Atlanta and LA and we've gotten to drive. My husband actually drove a 718 spider manual, um, at one of the experience centers. And then I drove a PDK GT3, a 991.2 GT3. So we've both driven GT cars on the track and, um, they honestly, they just, the GT3 blew my mind and the spider blew his. So we knew, we knew what we were getting into when we were looking at a GT car, but to have your own, um, is really humbling. I'd say first of all, and then overwhelming sometimes (laughs) because you know what the car is capable of, you know, the history, um, behind and the, just the effort that, um, 
that is put into these cars. Um, one thing I love about Porsche is they're very precise. Nothing is done by accident and nothing is halfway done. You know, nothing is done halfway. Uh, and so the spider is just completely buttoned down tight, purposeful, and you feel it when you see the car and then you really feel it when you start to drive it. Um, it's very, so it's not, the suspension isn't so stiff that it beats you up, but it's very, again, purposeful. Um, and so you just feel tight on the road. I mean, you might as well be two inches off the road. Um, and everything is so, my favorite, one of my favorite things about Porsche GT cars is the steering. Um, specifically the steering wheel, everything about it, the size, yeah. um, the diameter, and then how direct the steering is. And so you just feel like you're, this is going to sound so cheesy, but like you're one with this car and, um, you have the same purpose, which is to go fast around corners and to enjoy <laughs> it, you know, and but is that the um, seats as well. You think the seat, there's those seats have a big part of it. Don't you think like from jumping out of my Carrera and jumping into Steve's GT3, that time I drove his GT3 with the lightweight buckets. It's, it's not just the gears or what it's the seats. It's, you feel like you're, you really do feel like you're one with the car. I know it's a weird thing, but you not feel like you're sitting on the seat. You're in the car. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, it makes exactly. such a big difference to the driving experience. It really does. Yes. Um, especially because you can feel more. I think it has to do with feeling. You can feel more of the road and then you're just locked in. So um, it's an incredible experience. And then I know everybody complains about the gearing in the 718. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> you know, I thought it would bother me more, but I feel like the turbo has had... The second gear was pretty long in the turbo by the time, you know, as first gear would last like a split second. And by the time you're at the top of second gear, you're going 60, which is the same in the spider anyway. So it's funny though. This is what a lot of people say, isn't it? Like all other 911s are kind of like this. It's not like exactly. just the spider or the GT4. It's like, it's just there. It's there in old air cools and the old 930 turbo has the same apparent, same similar gearing. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's no different. What yeah. is the, what is the, and I know this is a really hard comparison, but you've got the Spider, you've been in the 996. I guess the comparison is more with the turbo. How is that feeling though? Because now you're in a, in a mid-engined Porsche compared to a rear-engine Porsche. Mm -hmm. How oh. does, do you notice the difference? Are you feeling any difference when, from those feelings of when you drove the turbo and your car to the, to the Spider? Absolutely. Uh, the mid-engine, well, one, you can, the sound is obviously very different and it's right next to your head. Um, but two, the weight of the car is excuse me, it's very much right behind you. Whereas in the 911, so you, you know, you can enter, it's all about corner entry speed and then when you can safely accelerate and how much gas to give it in a yep. corner. Yep. And even driving on like an exit ramp or an on-ramp onto a highway, you can get pretty good speed, but you, it's totally different in the 911. So I can, I can uh, apply a lot more gas like mid corner if I want to in the 911 where I cannot do that, especially not aggressively in in the spider, but I don't have okay. to slow down as much as I do in the spider. So I can enter a corner much uh, faster in the so spider. So later. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it's, especially on really twisty roads, the spider just eats up those twisties and just, you feel like you barely have to brake. Honestly, okay. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. But you do have to adjust the way you drive. You're adjusting Absolutely. the way you drive compared to which car you're in. Do you often do you forget? So. Do you forget when you're in the 911 you forget to break? <laughs> it's like I should have broke, I should have braked at that point and yeah. I'm a bit late into the corner. That, I that think, awful feeling when you're in a 911 and you realize yeah. you should have broke you should have uh, stopped a little bit earlier. 
I, and you feel yeah, like you're going to overshoot that corner, you know, that feeling that sometimes <laughs> we, all, we all get, that horrible feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh <laughs> I haven't really done that. I think, and this might be just because when I get in the 996, it feels like you said, like kind of retro and old school. And so that like seeing it reminds me like, hey, the weight's in the back. Don't do that, you know, versus like getting inspired to brand new GT card that's bright blue. And I'm like, it, so visually, it sounds really silly, but visually it reminds me where the weight is. Um, and then just feeling driving the car, it, especially the steering wheel and the steering. I just remember mid-engine, mid-engine, mid-engine. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> what about the anything you don't like about the Spider? Is there anything you've come across since you've owned it that you don't like as much as what you thought you would? Honestly, no. I, I can't think of a single complaint about the Spider. It has exceeded every expectation, and I had high expectations anyway. Um, for, for me and, and for my husband too, trading the turbo in for the spider was the best thing we could have done. It was a really good decision emotionally and financially to keep the 996. And then um, the spider is more what we are looking for in a car. So um, the turbo is excellent. It's a perfect, it's the perfect daily drivable sports car, but the spider is something special. It's something. It is, isn't it? It's special. It's not it's not a boxster. It's not just a boxster. It's not just a boxster with humps. It's it's completely different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's weird. It's like the appreciation of the spider hasn't. It's taken a little while to happen, hasn't it? I mean, the, from the very first generation, the nine eight. What was it? Nine eight seven or whatever. Nine eight seven mm-hmm. and then nine eight one. Nine eight one was obviously a better one, and then now the seven seven one eight is just is just perfection almost. I mean, you see them; they're just beautiful. They really are a beautiful looking car. They're bigger they really than what are. you think too. I always think they they don't look, they're not that big, but they're they're actually a lot bigger when you stand next to one. You think, hey, this is quite nice. It's and it's the side as well where the where the fixings are for the top. How it just sort of it feels flat or it feels wide there, a lot wider mm-hmm. than what I thought. And the interior, the quality is just beautiful. I saw one. I saw one only just recently in, um, in Sydney, but it had the red and black interior, Bordeaux and black interior. Mm-hmm. So nine nine six. You got the spider. <laughs> um, do your husband and you, you have to fight over which, who's going to be driving the spider, or you you just sort of swatch, swip, uh, change overall? Are you still is the nine nine six still your favorite, or is it the spider now? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that today actually, because um, I know it seems so silly. Like this is a brand new. We built this. Yeah. GT car versus my. I mean, honestly, the least sporty nine eleven probably there is. Um, 996, but they just, they both offer just a very similar, you get the same benefit from driving both of them, like as a driver is you get that connected, authentic, raw driving experience. The, you can obviously push the spider. I mean, I haven't gotten nowhere near the spider's limits. Um, and I think it'll take a track to really, really push it and see. Um, but Whereas the 996, I've gotten pretty close to the limits, I think, a few times. <laughs> so um, when's the track experience happening? So summer's coming. Mm-hmm. You're taking it out on the track. Is this the plan? Yes. So uh, we do have, we have a couple, actually we have three local tracks that we can go to. Um, the one that we've been to the most, we'll probably take the spider out again. And so um, it's not super competitive to reserve. So we haven't actually nailed down a time yet. Right. But um, well, we plan on taking it out probably two or three times. So not a ton, but track insurance for a brand new car, um, is really expensive. expensive. Yeah. So how are you going to protect that beautiful paintwork? Oh 
yeah. I got full PPF on it. Oh, you did? Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't resist my, I know um, a few spider owners have like, they won't drive their car or GT4. They won't drive their car until they get it fully PPF, but I couldn't help it. And so I drove like 500 miles in the first week and then went and got it PPF. When I, in fact, when I took it to the detailer to get it PPF, it was covered in mud. Already? Like the whole back, like the whole back wheel and uh, wheel well, and then part like near the rear diffuser uh, was all just muddy because I took it out in Colorado and wow. So they had to do a good. They had to do a full detail and paint correction before they put the um the PPF. They on. did. Mm-hmm. It's expensive PPF, isn't it? I didn't realize how expensive. I don't know how it is in the US. Um, I got a quote when I was in Sydney just to do the front of my car because I had my bumper respray because it was some damage, and it was like. 3,000 Australian just for the front end. So what's that? Mm-hmm. 2,000 odd US. That sounds uh, about right. I think it was, um, this detailer gave us a little bit of a discount cause we had used them before for the turbo. Um, but I think it was around as 5,000, I think right. for the whole car, for the whole car. Yeah. That's about mm-hmm. right. I think, yeah, I think it's about that same price in Australia as well. Um, okay. So you got the two, I'm going to get onto this because I know there's a story here coming. Um, <laughs> the perfect two car garage. Is that what you have at the moment? Or is there something else that you're thinking about, which you'd have to probably sell the 996 for? Oh, yeah. So what, you, what, <laughs> what comes next, Amanda? Let's, let's, what comes next? Oh, so the perfect two-car garage is uh, the Spider. Just can't, can't sell that one. It's, yep. it's going to stay with us forever. And then a GT3, especially after I drove the GT3 on the track. Um, there is nothing like a gt3 so that would definitely be the perfect two-car garage for me i think which generation oh that's a tough question um i really loved the 991.2 but from people that i know that have had the 991.2 and then have now have a 992 gt3 the um the double wishbone suspension really changes the driving experience and they say to quote someone directly, <laughs> it's 10 times better. Oh, really? So, yeah, which I can't comprehend because to me, the 991.2 is perfect. Yeah. That's but, the one um, I would look at as well. That's the one that I always think is the one to, to hold out for to get that one. Manual mm-hmm. 991.2.2. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With the wing, though. I'd get the wing. The Touring is great. It's beautiful. But if I have a spider, then I, I would like the wing on the, <laughs> the GT3. Yeah. It's a tricky one, isn't it, with the Touring and, and the GT3? the wing or non-wing, but I think you're right. I think, I mean, I like the touring. I can see what's, what's good about it. And I have been listening to, you know, Spike's car radio. They've just picked up a touring and they were talking about it, but I don't know. I think some people buy some 911s for the wrong reason. They're not really buying the car that they should buy. You know what I mean? You know, they were talking about the touring to use as a daily around the city sort of car. I don't think it's still that sort of car. It's still a GT3. It might not have the wing, right. but it's still a GT3. Um, and I guess it's like your turbo experience, right? You buy this car, but you can't enjoy it fully, you know, to, to what it should be. So, but if you're getting the GT3 and it's going to be your track car and it's going to be your fun car, um, I think you can't go wrong with either. I think I'd probably go with a 991. I'd go for something a little bit cheaper, save mm-hmm. a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them are kind of way above me right now, but someday, <laughs> someday. Well, the 996 is appreciating in value. Don't mm-hmm. forget that. The 996s aren't going down. They're going up. That's true. Um, Amanda, we're almost at the end. I always like to keep these to about an hour. But let's just talk about your favorite drive. I always like to talk about, and I know you go on a lot of drives, and I know you probably got lots of drives planned. Someone's coming to Colorado. Where should they take their Porsche or sports car? Where should they drive? 
Oh my goodness. Um, my, one of my favorite roads is highway 67. So it's off of, it's kind of near, um, Colorado Springs and Denver it's to the West. So, um, those cities, they call them the front range of the Rockies. Um, okay. they're not in the mountains yet. Uh, and when you go a little bit West, that's when you hit that front range of the Rocky mountains. And so it's really not that far. It's about maybe 50, not even, uh, we'll just say 50 miles away from Colorado Springs or Denver. And, um, it's not a very populated road. It's a two lane road. And, uh, it is one of the most just fun. It, it follows along this beautiful Creek and you're in the mountains. Um, and the top down, you know, you can hear everything in the, the exhaust note just echoes against the mountains. So it's very loud and just Fantastic. wonderful. But, um, the best part is just how twisty the road is. I mean, right. it is, it's just a dream to drive. Right. So, um, that's probably my favorite road. And then, um, I haven't actually been out to Telluride yet. Um, so that's in South Western Colorado, but that's one of my trips to do this summer. Um, I've heard that that one's really good to go out there as well, but there's just so many, there's Colorado such a diverse and beautiful state with a lot of fun roads, mountain roads. Yeah. So. It looks like it. it looks fantastic. It looks fantastic. And you've got the great cars to do it in. Yeah. And you can do it together as well. You can take, you take both cars when you go on these road trips. So normally I don't, um, just with my schedule, I work just crazy days. So normally we don't, but sometimes we do and we will take both of them out. Um, and it's really fun to have the 996 with the spider, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, very different, but we do. And when we do it together, we don't go on as long a trips. It's, I think it's, I just love those really long road trips Yeah, yeah. where I spend like eight hours in the car. <laughs> I, my my husband's not quite so patient. <laughs> really, he doesn't want to do yeah. that long. That's no. a long time. Eight hours is a that's a that's a that's a good drive. It is. It's a good drive to clear the head. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Amanda. What else is there? Anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we go? I think we're at the end. I think we've covered mm. a lot of. I, <laughs> I can't really think of anything. It's just you know. I think one thing I would like to impart on people, and of course, if they're listening, they I'm sure they already have a Porsche, but. Um, not always, not on, no, a lot of people who are looking for Porsches listen to the podcast. That's good. Cause mm. I think, um, I don't have enough good things to say about the 996. You know, I think especially for how much they cost compared to the 993 or the 997, yeah. you can get so much for your money still, even with them appreciating. Um, and the value and the joy that you get from these cars is irreplaceable. You know, they're worth, they're worth what they cost. And, um, yeah, they're just cars are something special, especially to people like us. And, um, the 996 is very special to me. So that's it. Yeah. yeah. See, and the whole experience, isn't it? I mean, it's the people and most people are great. Most Porsche owners are great. I mean, there's that's great true. experiences, mm-hmm. great community. Absolutely. There's so many things you can do with your car. That's, that's the other problem. The money you could spend <laughs> if you really wanted to go crazy. There's so many options and things you can keep adding even after you bought the car. Very true. But it's that experience. And like I said, you've, you've had that experience. You had it with the turbo. You decided that wasn't enough. You got the Spider. It's a better experience. You've got a mm-hmm. great car. It's your car. You've optioned it. You know, it's fantastic. And I love those images. I really do love those images. They're fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. Um, let, make sure you go and follow Amanda, arctic.metro 
Um, I'll put the link in the description and also go and look at her YouTube channel, subscribe. And like I said, watch those, uh, those videos that I mentioned before, the love Porsche one, the love cars and selling my 997 turbo. Um, I think you have, you have one about the PCCM plus as well, don't you? When you're mm-hmm. fitting that, I think. Yeah. Do not great quality, but it's the information's good. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all is dark in my garage. One, it? <laughs> yeah, it's my first one. <laughs> I was going to say to you, YouTube, I mean, I don't really post videos so much anymore on my YouTube channel, but it's a weird thing, YouTube, isn't it? It's very hard to do it first. People don't realize how it is very, very hard to just stand there, sit in front of that camera and just talk to yourself, really. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> and especially that one, I wanted to make sure the information was accurate and good. And then I wanted to make sure my presentation was decent. And so I recorded <laughs> it like 10 times. It took really? me so many hours. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it's all worth it in the end. It's all worth it yeah. in the end. Amanda, thank you so much for being on Owner Stories. Um, I really, really enjoyed our chat. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time out today. It's been great. Absolutely, Michael. And thank you. Thank you for taking the time for me. And it's been really, really great. I really appreciate it. I know it's a lot of work to do everything that you do with the Instagram and the podcast and just everything, but you, you bring a lot of joy to people. So thank you. Thanks, Amanda. Much appreciated. All right, everyone. Um, that's Amanda coming in from Colorado in the US. Uh, 02 Carrera 4 cab 996 manual 2022 718 spider, even more special in shark blue. One of my favorite colors now in manual as well. (laughs) And that's about it. Thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Uh, Bye for now.